God said it. This is the word of God. We have God's spoken word all around us in creation. He spoke it into existence. We have his written word in the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, not bits, pieces, and parts. We are not the editors. God spoke it. God said it. God gave it to us in written form. And God has given it to us in living form. Jesus is alive right now at the right hand of the Father. And we have no doubts about that. I mean, I, I'm as convinced of that as I am that I'm sitting here this morning, all right? God has said it. He has declared it. He has decreed it. And we, we believe that, all right? So that's where we are this morning. We're making our way through the Word of God. We are in the nation kingdom phase right now. We have been through the, the, the creation, the fall, the rampant sin, the covenant with Abraham and Sarah. We've got the, the couple, the family, the, the people group coming out of Egypt, the nation that God developed in the wilderness by their worship and their identity standards. They get into the promised land after the conquest and now they've got the, uh, the, the kingship. We've got Saul who, who head and shoulders above every Everybody else but was a prideful man and he fell and God ripped the kingdom from him and gave it to the shepherd boy David and so David becomes king and David too failure he's broken and fallen just like me and you and so he sinned and all that sort of thing and yet David was a great king so much his heart condition being after God's own heart God made a promise to him that you will always have one of your descendants on the throne of my people Israel nation body of Christ Jesus is the king of kings so when we get to David we start to begin to understand wait a minute this kingship thing we look back over 2,000 years right we look back and go uh, yeah that's clear to us so today we're in first kings 12 1 through 17 and i've had people going uh you know you're preaching an easter message a resurrection message an empty tomb message and no i'm going to share with you the message of serve the fact that, that this, this, this concept of what God has offered us, he has, he has served us by giving us life, all right? So I want to tell you a king's tale. I'm going to let the Bible do most of the preaching this morning. I'm going to read it to you because quite honestly, here you go. I'm, I'm, we're, 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 hmm, how do I say this politely? We're stuck in this historical narrative. We're reading 1 Kings. It's bad. The people keep doing things they ought not do. The people keep acting in ways they ought not act. And the kings, man, they just keep fouling up. We read right through Solomon's story and the fact that, yeah, his first request of God was for wisdom. And God said, since you didn't ask for riches and, and, and long life and, and fame, then I'm going to give it all to you, the wisdom and everything. And then right after that, he marries an Egyptian princess. Right? And then he marries a Moabite princess and he marries an Ammonite princess and he starts setting up these high places in Jerusalem for all his wives to worship. And, and Solomon begins the decline. He ends up with hundreds of wives and hundreds of concubines, which God forewarned them would lead your hearts astray. See? The downfall, it goes all the way back to the garden. Okay, but now we're in the story of Rehoboam, Solomon's son, and 
First Kings 12, verse 1. Here we go. Then Rehoboam went to Shechem, for all Israel had gone to Shechem to make him king. When Jeroboam, son of Nabat, heard about it, he stayed in Egypt, where he had fled from King Solomon's presence. Jeroboam stayed in Egypt, but they summoned him, and Jeroboam and the whole assembly of Israel came and spoke to Rehoboam. Your father made our yoke harsh. You, therefore, lighten your father's harsh service and the heavy yoke he put on us, and we will serve you. Solomon was collecting taxes and gold and all that stuff to, to increase his wealth and, and, and to build all the, the not just the temple but the palaces and the palaces of his princesses and all that kind of stuff and, and so he was just taking taking everything from the people. Rehoboam replied go away for three days and then return to me so the people left and King Rehoboam consulted with the elders who had served his father Solomon when he was alive asking how do you advise me to respond to this people? The elders, the ones who had advised Solomon said today if you will be a servant to this people and serve them and if you respond to them by speaking kind words to them they will be your servants forever can I just tell you that's a biblical mandate for governmental leadership you see that okay that was probably out of bounds but anyway alright but he rejected the advice of the elders these were the ones who advised him and consulted with the young men who had grown up with, who had grown up with him and attended him. All right, let's let's go ask our friends what they think we should do. Right? You know what? I remember hearing about peer pressure growing up. Right? Let's go see what our friends say do. Let's go see what other uh dare I say selfish people in our generation want us to do. Uh, then he goes on to say, he said, what message do you advise that we send back to this people who said to me, lighten the yoke your father put on us? The young men who had grown up with him told him, this is what you should say to this people who said to you, your father made our yoke heavy, but you make it lighter on us. This is what you should tell them. My little, my little finger is thicker than my father's waist. Although my father burdened you with a heavy yoke, I will add to your yoke. My father disciplined you with whips, but I will discipline you with barbed whips. Man, what a response. You ready? So Jeroboam and all the people came to Rehoboam on the third day as the king had ordered. Return to me on the third day. Then the king answered the people harshly. He rejected the advice the elders had given him and spoke to them according to the young men's advice. My father made your yoke heavy, but I will add to your yoke. My father disciplined you with whips, but I will discipline you with barbed, barbed whips. The king did not listen to the people because of this turn of events came from the Lord to carry out his word, which the Lord had spoken through Ahijah, uh, the Shalonite, to Jeroboam, son of Nebat. When all Israel saw that the king had not listened to them, the people answered him, what portion do we have in David? Now listen, this is what's happening. The people have come and said, look, uh, we've, we've carried this burden through the reign of your father Solomon. Lighten the load, we'll serve you. Rehoboam says, no, I'm going to double the load and beat you with barbed whips if you don't follow through. So here's, you know, the great, the great division in the kingdom of God or in the nation of Israel. This, this, these are God's people on God's land with God's name, Israel, right? And, and a king, a selfish king. Somebody that wants what they want when they want it, right? 
That's the way I've characterized our generation. We want what we want when we want it. It's got to be my way or the highway. If you don't do it just the way I like it or, or, or give me just what I'm asking for, then pfft, on you. Right? I mean, that's, that's, Ray Boyd said, my little finger's thicker than my daddy's waist. Ray Boyd must have been a big guy. I don't know. Here's what the nation said to him. We have no inheritance in the son of Jesse. See, now, now the tribes are rejecting the Davidic covenant that God gave them, right? Israel, return to your tents. Now, let me give you the distinction. You got what is becoming now the southern kingdom of Judah and the northern tribes that became known as the nation of Israel. We're going to see it through the rest of the historical count of God's people here. Israel, return to your tents. David, now look after your own house. So Israel went to their tents, but Rehoboam resigned. Rehoboam reigned over the Israelites living in the cities of Judah. Folks, this is the expression of this selfish, self-centered, I'm on my throne, I wear my crown mentality. Folks, we see it fleshed out in every generation. It's not just this generation. It's every generation. We just have the biblical account of Solomon's son, Rehoboam, voicing it to the people. You're going to do what I tell you to do when I tell you to do it. And the ten tribes of the northern nation of Israel went, we'll see about that. Right? This is the king's tale. Now listen, why do I call it a king's tale? Because it sounds like a movie that, you know, you'd see in cartoon form. A king's tale. King Rehoboam, duly uh, proclaimed king following his daddy Solomon's reign. Right? He has the opportunity to, 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 to just draw from the wisdom of the elders who advised his daddy. Right? Now, Granted, Solomon didn't do what was right either. Now, we'll call him the wisest man that ever lived just because he recommended chopping a baby in half. Right? Go read the story. It's there. But here he goes. Solomon ignored the covenant of God. God said, do not worship the gods that are worshipped in the land. And yet he established this idolatry throughout the city of Jerusalem. People were worshiping at the Asherahs and the high places and, and all that kind of stuff. And, and, and they were worshiping the Baals and, and, and Solomon just... Uh, you read the story, Solomon. You know, it, it's great for us 2,000 years later to look back and, and speak with honor about, for instance, Saul and David and Solomon. But the truth is, they were just as broken and fallen as everybody since the garden. And they were still susceptible to selfishness. They were still susceptible to this idea of, I want what I want when I want it. And folks, we hear it, and we see it in the news, and we see it from our elected officials, and and, and we see it in groups in our society, and and we're going to do things the way we want to do them, and we're going to be who we want to be, and we're going to act any way we want to. We don't care what God has said. God warned them. Did y'all know that? God warned them. Back in 1 Samuel chapter 8, if you read it, 
This is what Samuel said. Samuel told all the Lord's words to the people who were asking him for a king. Remember, Samuel was this, this prophet. Samuel was this judge in Israel. He said, these are the rights of the king who will reign over you. He will take your sons and put them to use in his chariots on his horses or running in front of his chariots. He can appoint them for for his use as commanders of thousands or commanders of fifties to plow his ground and reap his harvest and to make his weapons of war and, and the equipment for his chariots. He can take your daughters to become perfumers, cooks, and bakers. He can take your best fields, vineyards, and olive orchards and give them to his servants. He can take a tenth of your grain He can take a tenth of your grain and your vineyards and give them to his officials and servants. He can take your male servants, your female servants, your best cattle, your donkeys, and use them for his work. You hear what Samuel's saying? Samuel's saying, you're going to appoint a king over you, and he can take your stuff for himself. He can take a tenth of your flocks, and you yourselves can become his servants. When that day comes... You will cry out because of the king you've chosen for yourselves, but the Lord won't answer you on that day. Folks, can I just tell you, that's a word for a modern generation. Go ahead and claim your king. Boy, it entered my head, so here it comes. Go ahead and elect your leaders. What kind of king are we supposed to have, folks? What kind of king are we supposed to to submit and surrender to? What kind of king are we supposed to honor and revere? You see, the Davidic covenant was not about Rehoboam. Or Jeroboam, because the, the, the story here is the ten tribes went north and they appointed Jeroboam as their king in the northern. And Jeroboam said, I don't want my folks going back to Jerusalem for worship because then they'll be persuaded to go back south. So, so I'm going to set up worship uh, from, from Dan to Beersheba. And, 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 and they're going to worship here. And I'm going to put the gods that they really want the, the the golden calves in my temples of worship and, and, and all of the ten tribes are going to worship the golden calves instead of going to the temple at Jerusalem. Because I just want you to think a minute before I get into the what will be the last part of this message. Think about the king we're supposed to serve. Okay? that we're supposed to honor and revere. Can I just go ahead and tell you he wasn't elected? He was king before he was king. He is the king of kings. And here's here's what he said. Jesus called them over and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them. Recognize that? Jesus said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them and those in high position act as tyrants over them. I'm not, 
I'm not making this up. I'm not reading from the newspaper. I'm reading from Matthew chapter 20, verses 25 through 28. It must not be like that among you. On the the contrary, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. Whoever wants to be first among you must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. The reason I I, I believed God was leading me to structure this Easter Sunday message this way, we see the king's tale, right? The story of the kingship of Israel. And then we have exactly what Jesus says about his point and purpose in in coming is to serve us. Jesus is the servant. And yet he's the king. And, and, And if he were to walk in this room, he'd get down on his hands and knees and wash your feet. You see, our world's upside down, folks. Oh, the last couple of days as I was preparing the message, I'll be honest, I, I was just like, man, I, 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 all right, I'm getting tired of history. Uh, Harold and I were talking about it earlier. You know, the history reading's good. I like history. I like reading what happened and, and studying through that, 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 that history stuff and kind of, yeah, that, okay, that's weird. Okay, yeah, that's wild. Okay, that's brutal. Okay, that's it. All I, I read through it. I enjoy reading history. But folks, I just want to get to Jesus. Okay, I'm reading for the Bible. I can't wait to get to Jesus. And then I thought about the bigger statement of that. I I can't wait to get to Jesus. You see? Now, yeah, we can sit here and go, yeah, we, we value our lives. I do. I'm not doing anything to speed it up except what I eat. But anyway, uh, my point is, is that, you know, Jesus is the goal. One day we're going to be in his presence because on this day, historically, calendar-wise, whatever, he rose. He's alive. He conquered sin and death. He is the greatest servant. You see, that, I look at that, oh, as I was putting it all together, I was like, yes, not the king, but the servant. In Luke 4, Jesus said these words. He came, Well, this is the story of what Jesus said. He came to Nazareth where he'd been brought up. As usual, he entered the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. The scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. And unrolling the scroll, he found the place where it was written, the Spirit of the Lord is upon is on me because he has anointed me now these are the words of Isaiah prophetically speaking here you go spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor he has sent me to proclaim release to the captives <coughs> and recovery of sight to the blind to set free the oppressed to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. 
He then rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. And the eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fixed on him. I want you to, I want you to, to what did, answer the question, what did that look like? All of these people gathered in the synagogue there in Nazareth, and Jesus comes in and they hand him the scroll. They don't, they don't just hand the scroll to anybody. Jesus is a, 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 an acknowledged and recognized teacher, and they, they hand him the scroll, and he opens it, and he reads from this passage in Isaiah. He rolls it up, he gives it back, and all the eyes are fixed on him. He began by saying to them, Today, as you listen, this scripture has been fulfilled he came to set you free he came to release the captives you see he came with good news to the poor jesus came to serve you and me you see folks when we bow down to the imposters when we bow down to the idols <clears throat> when we essentially make the choices hold the attitudes right live the actions that serve ourselves we're worshiping at the very tree where Adam and Eve said I can be my own God Folks, Jesus came to serve us. The very least we can do is give our lives to him. Man, I was thrilled with the crowd on the beach this morning. I've heard other people say, man, said they had a great big old crowd up yonder at Access Number 1 Onslow County. They, they, they had a big crowd down at the Topsail Beach, Emma Anderson's sun, sunrise worship. And, and we had a big old crowd over yonder. And, 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 and yes, we gather. We gather on Easter Sunday. We gather the first day of the week, the Lord's Day, Sundays. We gather what? What are we celebrating? Not just this day in April, but every Sunday. Not just every Sunday, but every day as Christians, we celebrate the resurrection. We have victory. Yay! We win. See, folks, we have life. We got to live it. We got to get out there and live it. You see, Rehoboam, all of these people were doing their own thing because it's what pleased them. Remember the period of the judges and everyone did what was right in their own eyes. Folks, bow before the throne of God. Surrender your life to him. This morning, if you... It's all about Jesus. I can't wait to get to Jesus. This morning, I was telling you, Rehoboam's still, I don't even like Rehoboam. I don't like him. I just couldn't wait to get to Jesus. In today's message, I couldn't wait to get to the servant Jesus. Because, folks, even if y'all didn't exist, like my mama told me when I was eight years old, Jesus would have died just for me. Because he loves me that much. Folks. Just know God loves you. If you don't know Jesus, we want you to know Jesus.
okay? We'll introduce you. Somebody around you, if you don't know Jesus this morning, find somebody, just grab them by the shirt so they go, hey, do you know Jesus? If they tell you yes, they introduce me. Okay? Folks, we need to know Jesus. All right? It's Easter. Woo! We're going to baptize folks at 1 o'clock today, around that time. Get here early because if we get in the water, we're going to get out as fast as we can and you might miss it. Okay? So if you don't know Jesus, we want you to know Jesus. All right? Pray with me. God, thank you again for today and for all your mercy and grace and thank you for loving us beyond our imagination. Now, God, help us to love you back and help us to act like it. God, I lift up every person in this room. God, that we'd live the victory you've given us. God, I lift up every person in this room and that if anyone in here doesn't know Jesus, we want them to know Jesus. So God, help us to help us to be that salt and light that you called us to be. Help us to worship you, not just during an hour at sunrise or an hour through Sunday morning, but God, help us to worship you and live the life you've given us every moment of every day. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.